0: is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing, interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian
1: Kaskavalsian.
0: Hello and welcome to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And in today's episode, I'm going to introduce you to Troy Timmer. Now, I've known Troy for i don't know I think five or six years. Um I first met him actually as a client. He became a client, and he had a really successful roofing business in a small town in Montana of all places. I think there' was like seventy thousand people in this in this town. And he was doing over $3 million a year in business out of this small town. Now, over the years, Troy has developed into a coach. So today, what he does is he helps contractors grow their businesses, make more money, and helps them create lifetime customers. What I really wanted to talk to Troy about was his method of building a stable, profitable business and really staying focused on this idea of creating lifetime customers. If you're new to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, welcome. This is our 20th episode. If you want to learn more and get onto the Wealthy Contractor list and get access to all of the resources that we have for the Wealthy Contractor community, just go over to G4Marketing.com. Now, that's g f o u r M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G dot com. G-F-O-U-R marketing dot com. And go ahead and register for the Wealthy Contractor program. And this way you'll be assured to get all of the available business building resources that we have available for you. So with that said, let's get to this episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. All right. So, I have been looking forward to this episode for quite a while. With me on this episode is Troy Timmer, and we are going to talk about delivering a world-class customer experience. And uh as many of you know, this is a topic that uh you know, we're known for here at at G4. I think that you are just you're going to get a ton of value out of this. So Troy, welcome. Appreciate you being here. Um hey, before we before we get into this, why don't you why don't you give everybody kind of your the your 60 second story cuz you have a you have a great story with all the experience that you have in the industry.
1: Yeah, thanks Brian. I appreciate you having me on here. Um you know, I I've been in this industry for 22 years, Brian. Um Seventeen of those years, I own operated my own roofing company in a, in a small market, um, and you know there was probably seventy thousand people in, in the area in our market, but we consistently did close to three million dollars or over three million dollars a year. Um, and for the last almost five years now, I've worked with Certified Contractors Network as a registered corporate coach and also a trainer at some of their boot camps. So I've been around this industry a long time
0: yeah and and both as a as an operator, as an owner of a company, as a salesperson and um now as a a very in demand trainer, you know that was the thing that you know when I first met you i don't know it was six seven years ago, I met you when you owned when you still owned your company and you were a client for a while, and I was shocked at how small a market you were in. And the kind of numbers you were pulling out of that that market i mean you you really were doing doing an amazing job, and um so now you teach people how they can do that as well, and so I think this topic is supremely important, especially in you know it really in any uh business environment, whether economy's good or economy's bad, but I think there is a real opportunity now for people to establish their businesses really for the long term because we all know a downturn is coming again, right? Right. It's inevitable. It's
1: very cyclical. Yeah,
0: it's going to happen again. And we know from the last time that the companies that survived were the companies that really had amazing relationships with their customers. And they had customers for life. You know, it all starts with this customer experience. So tell me why delivering a world class customer experience is so important?
1: Well it's it's like what you said, Brian, it's it's creating that customer for life. And you know when you really look at that statement, what you're looking at is what's the lifetime value of each customer? Because in our industry, you know, you may have a customer that might buy one or two remodeling projects from you. It's not like it's, it's a, not like it's something you do every month. But what we get from that customer, if we provide them a world-class customer service or experience, they're going to refer our company to other people. They're going to recommend us. And what are those referrals worth to you in, in, in terms of revenue down the road? So you have to look at their lifetime value.
0: You know one of the things that I think business owners often overlook and it and it shouldn't say shocking but it 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 it's really it's such an important piece of the business, and so many don't do it and that is actually sit down and figure out what is the lifetime customer value for my business. You know we do a lot of work with plumbers and for plumbers. Mm-hmm. And HVAC companies, any real home service company, it's all about that lifetime customer value. How do I get this customer who came in today to keep coming back over and over and over again? But, like in Burn. your case, where you had a roofing company, people will say, I mean, and what do you say to people that say, I sell roofs? If I do my job right, they'll never need me again. So, why do I need to provide an amazing customer experience. What do you say to those people?
1: Well, if you do a great job and those customers become an advocate for you, they're going to tell everybody that they talk to you whenever that subject comes up, they're going to say, you got to call this company. They worked for us. They did a great job. We're extremely happy. Those referrals and those customer testimonials are gold. One is a, a customer testimonial that talks about how you help solve their problem will sell a thousand times better than the best salesman mm-hmm. and your referrals are your best leads. And a lot of times there, there are no competition type lead. That's so, such a
0: good point. You just brought up. They're a no competition lead, right? It's a really good point. You know, I've worked with a lot of roofing companies and they rely on the good ones, the successful ones. The ones that aren't caught up on price, because you see this every day with what you do, right. and it's, you probably right. bang your head against the wall with it. But when you've got referrals coming in, price becomes less of an issue.
1: It does. And, and in most in most remodeling projects, when you go into them, when they call you, price it's not as big of an issue as, as other things, like peace of mind. People are not going into it thinking, you know, I'm going to spend this much money. They're going into it with a fear of hiring the wrong contractor, not getting value for their money. That's what they're more worried about, and yeah. it's who do I trust.
0: It's such a um, – God, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's so ingrained in salespeople's heads and in, in owners' heads that it's all about the price. It's all about the price. When it I, actually in most every case – Price is more of an issue with the salesperson or with the owner than it is with the consumer.
1: You're right. Yeah, you know, salespeople tend to make it about the price, but the customers want value, really. That's what they're looking for. They want somebody they can trust. They want somebody that's going to do what they say they're going to do. You know, they want a very good customer experience. Um, everybody's afraid of the bad experience because that's what they hear a lot of times is about the bad experiences but going in they want that peace of mind
0: and if you don't charge the right amount of money how can you possibly provide them with that customer experience that they expect and quite frankly i think that they deserve right
1: oh yeah they all deserve it i mean and that's what they, they want because if you think about what what we're doing in our industry it's different it's it's you know, you or I want to go buy a truck. We go to the, the car dealer and we can look at the trucks. We can actually see something. We can pick out the truck with the options we want, the colors, everything. And we're buying that based on what we see, our, our tangible uh, experience of it, our senses, you know, seeing, driving it, feeling it, um, picturing ourselves in it, right? But in our industry, homeowners are buying a project they can't see, yeah. So it comes back to trust, and, um, you know, they want you to do what you tell them you're going to do. And really, that's that just goes into um, providing that experience, is doing what you told them you were going to do when they bought that project.
0: Yeah. Well, and I like the truck analogy, and if I could take that one step further, you know that when you purchase that truck, Every bolt is properly fastened. Every mechanical system is working properly. Every electrical system is working properly. That the car was, the truck was made to an exacting standard. But then we know that in like the roofing business that you come from, they you get ten contractors. You might get five, six, seven different ways that that roof is installed.
1: Right? Yeah, exactly. You, you don't know there isn't a, a specific standard. You know, I mean, there are industry standards, mm-hmm. but there's no way to hold uh, roofing contractors and, and some of the other contractors accountable. Um, yeah. there's no no standards set up or, or no enforcement of those standards.
0: Yeah, so part of that trust and part of that confidence that you provide during your customer experience process. Has to be educating the consumer on, hey, here's how we tighten the bolt the right way. Here's how we ensure the mechanical system. You know, using your truck analogy, right. here's how we do it here.
1: Yeah, and and if if you think about it, um, in the whole customer experience, right? We're talking about world class customer service. It starts when they first call um, your office for uh, somebody to come out and look at their problem. Right, whether it's roofing, siding, or windows, whatever that, that issue is. So it, it starts with how you answer the telephone. If a, an actual person answers it, do they schedule employment? You know, are they professional? Do um, they ask them certain questions? You know, it starts there. And, you know, then sales, their responsibility is to put the truck in the driveway, put the production truck in the driveway. But the, the world-class customer service and the 100% customer satisfaction really falls on the production department. They're the ones that are responsible for um, creating that 100% customer satisfaction.
0: So what do you see that's preventing companies from delivering that world-class experience?
1: I mean, that's a great great question, Brian, because I think all contractors going into that relationship with that customer expect that they're going to create, you know, a happy customer, create that 100% customer satisfaction, create that, that great customer experience. But they fall short because a lot of times, one, they, they, they don't understand what they're doing wrong sometimes to create the problems, um, and they don't have a process to um, address those things to make sure it doesn't happen. Because what we see is most customer complaints will happen after the job's been sold. Uh, majority of your complaints come you know, at that time, but we can trace those complaints back, pretty much every single complaint is traced back to three things, and those three things are what we call the big three. It's poor or lack of communication. It's not setting the proper expectations, and it's unforeseen or additional extra cost and how you handle them. So those are the big three things that a contractor really needs to address.
2: Head over to BuilderPrime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today.
0: Can you you say the last one again?
1: Yeah, it's unforeseen or additional work. Okay. You know, a lot of times um, we can't see certain things, right? On a roof, for instance, you might not be able to see something until you tear off the old material. Same thing with siding or, or windows. Or it may be an additional cost. It may be something that was missed in the original scope of work. It may be something that the customer wants to add on. It's in dealing with those extra costs and how you handle them with the customer. Um, and those That's very important.
0: So let's talk about those three. Let's talk about some ways that, A, I, let's talk about how do you identify it. How do I identify that I've got a communication problem in my company, and then what are some ways that I can improve upon each of those three areas
1: right and, and that's the i mean that's that's the thing is um, I was talking to I've been working with a couple of contractors lately that um have gotten really busy. they've sold a lot of work in the last month, right yeah, and now their their backlog and their schedule is out three, four, five months. Now they're like, okay, how am I going to handle this work and how am I going to keep everybody happy? And that's what happens. You know, we get busy and then we start focusing on, you know, first we focus on sales to get all the jobs on our schedule. Now start focusing on how we're going to get these jobs done. And so what happens is there's a lot of little things that contractors, if you don't have a process or a system in place to do this stuff automatically, these things fall between the cracks because they're focused on getting the job done, getting the materials there, collecting the money, getting the next job done. And without a a process, they're just doing the best that they can. So really, the the important thing is to make sure that you have some sort of a system that you and your people can follow and they know exactly what to do next. And it, it addresses those three things.
0: You know, if I can add one thing there to your that problem that a lot of people have, which in some ways is a good problem, being booked out three or four months. I mean, my best friend is in the landscape business, and mm-hmm. um, he just told me a few days ago, Brian, I, I just you know sold a couple jobs. I'm booked out until the end of the year. And it's great, right? On one hand, but then on the other hand, is you got people that have signed a contract and are waiting to have something done, to have their problems right. solved. Right. You know, back um, years ago when you, when you were a client, I, I think you'll remember this, we used to survey customers for our clients. Right. Now, now we don't survey. We do feedback and we do reviews. But when we did the surveys, one of the questions that we asked was um, about follow-up after the sale and what was really interesting was even the best comp even the companies that got the best marks on how was your your overall customer experience how was your sales experience that's the one question that even the best companies would get a lower mark on and i noticed this happening and i started to dig into it and what i found out was that People, they would be sold today, right? And right. in a perfect world, you know, if you're talking about, well, if you're talking about a plumber, let's say, they're out there in, you know, two hours and they're solving your problem. But if you're talking about a roofing company or window, you know, uh, exterior remodeling, in a perfect world, you're looking at four weeks. We'll get out there. But now we're looking at, you know, like you just, the example you just gave, three, four months. And what people were commenting on in that follow-up after the sale is the time between the salesperson selling them the job and then the production manager calling and saying, hey, we're ready to come and install your roof. That process fell apart.
1: Right, and, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and what happens is, is that the customer thinks, Okay, I had this guy come into my house. He became, you know, we're salespeople, so we become who we have to become to sell the deal, right? We're the best friend, the the uncle, the priest, the whoever we have to be to sell the job, right? Then what happens? We get the deal, and then they never hear from us again, right? right. What does yeah, that do? Yeah, that makes yeah. them nervous. It makes them feel like, man, did I just make a mistake? Did I just go with the wrong company? And so... Um anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there. It's just yeah, it's oh. so critical. Um he needs so that that example you just gave, now he needs a process, he needs a system for communicating with those people that he sold that are now waiting for 3 or 4 months. He better be on them every single week with some little touch just so right. that they, you know, feel like hey, these people are on top of it and they're still there for me.
1: Yeah, well, and you're right, Brian, right? because when somebody buys a project from you, they feel like they've given you something. Now, they want something back. That's just a natural human thing, right? Yeah. We give you something, I expect something back. Well, what you need to give them back is communication and setting expectations so they know what to expect, right? Yeah. Um, and then also the the third thing was, you know, any additional or unforeseen work and um, how you handle it. And, and through this process, you're going to address all, the, all three of those. So there's a few things that contractors can do. There's a few key things that are really important. Um, and, and the first thing is when that, when that project is sold, when that customer buys a project, that, that paperwork, that contract, the scope of work, everything should go through a firewall process. And that process is designed to keep the bad jobs off the schedule because the last place you want to find out you're doing a bad job is when you're in the middle of the job, right? Mm-hmm. So a firewall process should eliminate a lot of the bad jobs. Now, there may be some things that slip through, and, and really it's a simple process. And it starts with admin. And admin looks at the paperwork. Is everything signed? Is all the paperwork included? Um, contract signed, deposit check, everything, uh, pictures, all that's done, great. They approve it. Goes to the sales manager. Sales manager looks at that that uh, paperwork, looks to see if the job is sold properly, make sure there was no additional discounts or lowering the price that they shouldn't have done. Uh, he looks for uh, missed sales opportunities. Everything was good. He approves it. Goes to production now. And this is where it, the job goes to production. So the production manager will look at that job and say, can we do this job the way it was sold? Can we do it the way the scope of work is lined up? Is the scope of work accurate and clear? Does the materials match, the materialists match the scope of work? If all those things line up, production manager approves it. Now that, that job, that customer's job, now becomes the responsibility of production because it's passed through the firewall. And, and really that's the first step in this whole process. And then once that job is now production's, production is in charge of starting that communication. And you really need to have some sort of automatic communication. Like you said, That customer has to get updates on where they're at, what's going on um, every week, every other week, Um, the minimum at least once a month. But the more more touch points with the customer, the better the experience is. And at that point, it's going to move into scheduling. And this is where a lot of contractors really um, drop the ball. They don't have a very effective method of scheduling jobs. They don't actually put them on a calendar to see where they are, how far out they are. A lot of times they'll list them on a whiteboard or put them on an Excel sheet. And... That, that having an actual schedule, Brian, is very important because, one, it tells you, okay, let's say it's it's June, you know, in June, but I'm scheduled out to October or November. Well, maybe you need to adjust your manpower, right? You need to adjust your manpower to get those jobs done sooner because the customers don't want to wait that long. There's a lot of anxiety in doing a home improvement project. Mm-hmm. and The longer they wait, the more the anxiety grows, And having that schedule on a a calendar or a dance chart, it allows you to, when you contact those customers on that schedule, every other week or um, each month, whatever you're you're set up to do, you can tell them exactly where they're at, how long they have until you're going to be close to doing the job. And that's part of the communication, right? Communicating where you're at. And sales, hopefully, has set up the expectation that, you know, when, when the customer bought that job and I, that uh, the sales was there, sales says, look, you know, we're about two months out on our schedule, three months out on our schedule. So they set an expectation. Mm-hmm. But you've got to always reaffirm and re, um, reset those expectations for the customer because, like, like buying vehicles, you know, we'll buy three, four, five, you know, some people more vehicles in a lifetime. These types of projects, maybe once or twice, we don't know what to expect right. as, as a homeowner, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really important: the scheduling process. The other important
0: all the time. Right. They don't know what to expect. They've never done it they, before. They've never bought it before.
1: Exactly. And if we don't tell them what to expect, they they guess or they yeah. get they talk to a friend, a relative. Um, somebody else that maybe had an experience, and they start to put all these things into their mind, and it may not be uh, the the true expectation. And then the next critical step is a pre-construction meeting, and this is really important in addressing the big three. And you do a pre-construction meeting, usually seven to ten days before you start the job, where the supervisor um, for the crew or whoever possibly could be your, your production manager will go out meet with the homeowner, and review everything. You're going to review the contract and make sure they understand exactly what they bought, review the, the materials, the colors, all that to make sure that that's accurate. Um, you're going to review your process for uh, starting the job the first day, how does that work, um, what's going to happen throughout the job, um, the, you give them your information so they have somebody to talk to during the job, and you're going to talk about the final final payment policy. What happens when you do your your walk, job walk, your final inspection, and how do you collect the final payment? So you have to set that expectation with the customer that when the job is done, I'm going to walk the job with you, show you everything, make sure you're completely satisfied, um, give you any warranty paperwork that you need, any of the other final paperwork, inspection reports, whatever, and then I'm going to give you an invoice and we're going to collect the final payment. Because customers don't know what to expect, right? They may think that you're going to bill them, you're going to have 30 days to pay, they'll send you a check. And that really affects the cash flow of a lot of contractors. So you just have to let them know how you're going to uh, finish that job, how you're going to collect the final payment, and when when you expect to have it done. And then the other important part is, at the pre-construction meeting is walking that job the job site with the customer looking for pre-existing damage and and documenting it and putting it out there. That way something that you know they're not gonna think it happened during the job and, and blame you for doing it. So it's out there. So you're really setting all these expectations and you're communicating clearly. And the other important part is if you find any additional work that was unforeseen or something may come up that got missed And what's your procedure and your policy for doing an additional work order? And you also have to explain how you're going to collect the money on that additional work order. It's just getting everything out and letting them know what to expect, explaining it um, so they're prepared.
0: So they're prepared, and it minimizes them getting pissed off. It minimizes misunderstandings. It minimizes miscommunications and all of that. That's that's right.
1: Yeah, it makes them feel good. Because you're a professional contractor, you're explaining them, you're taking them through this process, Brian, this this process that they really don't have much experience in right. and they don't know what to expect. And you tell them exactly what's going to happen and what you're going to do every step of the way. It makes them feel good.
0: And if I could throw in, if you deliver, if you deliver on this and you've done a great job at the end, and you've solved their problem and they're happy, because you've done all of this, because you've delivered peace of mind, you've, you've communicated with them properly, you've, you've laid out the expectations, and you've delivered exactly as you laid it out, now are they more likely to refer you or are they less likely to refer you?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, it's really important um, that you finish the job strong. And the production does this. And, you know, if you if you understand how the brain works and, um, you know, in sales we'll talk about activating the old brain and reptilian brain, and you have to do that to get get to the other parts of the brain, the emotional part of the brain, um, so the customer feels good. Because the reptilian brain is, is in charge of protection. It, it protects us. Right, but there's certain things that activate it, and it's, one of them is beginning and the end. So we always tend to focus on the beginning of something and the end of something. So it's the beginning of this process. Um, from the, the, when the job has been passed to production, And production calls them and says, we're in charge of your, your job now. I'm the person you talk to. If you have any questions, call me. And it starts that process. And then the end of the process is finishing that job and doing it strong. And that is making sure that you tell them exactly what's going to happen during that job. Because you, you think about it, Brian. Every day for us, it's just it's another day at work. We go to somebody else's right. property and work. For them, this is a big deal. This is an inconvenience in their life. It's not something that they do. So they want to know what's going to happen. And right. then when you set that out and you do it and finish that job strong, that's what they're going to remember. And that's important when when you're looking at the lifetime value of this customer. And then on top of that, if you do something a little extra that they're not expecting that um, improves that experience, that's even better. And that's when you can start to get video testimonials from them. And that's really what you, you should do. And, you know, things extra are like, well, for instance, what you guys do, what G4 does and providing um, this, you know, the stuff to the customers, to, you know, depending on what that contractor sets up with you guys, that's something extra that they didn't expect, but it just enhances the experience. I know it's my business when we we got a lot of uh, comments um, from our, our customers after the job was finished, and they were extremely happy with the products that you guys provided. Uh, at that time, we were doing the cookies. Yeah. And that was just something extra that really, you know, w- when you think about that, the beginning and the end, if you really do something great at the end, that's what they're going to remember for a long time.
0: Yeah. It, it it's amazing really, you know. I, I I I could I could go on and on and tell stories, I'll spare everybody, but I've had contractors in my house for the last, you know, 3 months. And um towards the end, I mean it's kind of done now, we've got a little bit of in and out now, but man, I could not wait to get rid of some of these people. Just could not wait. Even the people that you love at the beginning, at a certain point, they just can't finish strong. And that is what you remember. And then, if not only do they not finish the job strong, but then you don't ever hear from them again, it's like, wow. But if you do a great job, and this is the thing that a lot of people don't, don't get, is even if you do a great job, that doesn't mean that these people are going to remember you next week, next month, next year, when the opportunity comes up for them to make a referral or to hire you again for something else. It's your job to make sure that you're in front of them and constantly reminding them of who you are and the solutions you provide and how to get a hold of you. And that's something that, you know so many people miss and they wonder well how come I'm not getting more referrals how come I'm not getting more repeat business well first off your experience probably isn't all that great and Troy just gave you a whole bunch of stuff that you can look at and I would suggest going back and listening to this again because he gave you a bunch of nuggets there of how to be a how to professionally execute a project Um, But then also it's, you know, what are you doing after the fact to stay in touch with people, to to make sure that you're always there so that they don't don't forget you? Because they will. Left on their own, they're going to forget you.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And you know what? If you provide multiple services um, and you're you're top of mind awareness, you're keeping in contact with them after that initial job, Mm -hmm. when they need something else, for themselves, they're going to call you.
0: Yeah. Well, you got right? a good chance that they're service. going to call
1: you. Yeah. There's yeah. no
0: guarantee, but you've got a much better chance if you're staying in front of them, constantly in front of them, rather than just hoping and praying that, oh, they're just going to show up when they need something. No, that's right. dumb. Right. It's not. And,
1: be- yeah. and, and it becomes another no competition lead.
0: Right. I like right. that. Another no competition lead. Well, look, Troy, you and me can keep talking for days and weeks, and we're kind of at the end of uh, this episode. Um, I would love to have you back because there's definitely more stuff that we can continue to talk about. But what I'd like you to do is is tell everybody just real briefly um, about um, your role at CCN and specifically um, the boot camps that you run?
1: As I said, I'm a, I'm a corporate coach and I work with contractors every day and help them to improve their business. And that's what we do at Certified Contractors Network is we teach contractors best business practices. Um, in short, we, we teach how to make money faster by doing the right things mm-hmm. all the time. And not only do I work with the contractors in a coaching um, role, but I teach what we call the blue collar management boot camp. And that's a boot camp for production managers, crew supervisors, project managers, production coordinators, any, anybody in those type of roles. And there's a there's a process, a connect the dots process we teach about what we talked about today. Um, I've also been the lead trainer at a sales boot camp where we teach a sales sales process as well. So, you know, this is just something I really really love, Brian, because you know. I was an owner. I ran a business. I understand that. Now I'm able to take that experience and help other people like like I was help them improve their business. Yeah. And you're
0: very good at what you do. Don't want to put you on the spot or
1: well, I appreciate embarrass that, you, but I like you.
0: you you really are very, very good at what you do because yeah. you've been there. You've been there, you've yeah. done that. I you know, that's one of the things about you know what I'm trying to do here with the wealthy contractor is I want to expose you to or uh, I want to expose not you, but I want to expose the listener to people like you, people that have been there, that have done that, that are doing it day in and day out every day. Um and I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. What I'll do is in
1: well, the you.
0: yeah in the show notes, um I will give uh, I will give you uh, Troy's information. You can reach out to him directly. I'll, I'll, I'll put the um, I'll put a link to the Certified Contractors Network uh, website, which I believe is contractors with an S dot net. Is that yep, right? That's it. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'll put the information into the show notes. Um, Troy, again, thank you so much for uh, the time. I think this was a really valuable episode. Yep. And uh, for everybody else, until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing Group. All right, so that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? We started the Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the Wealthy Contractor. Now, the Wealthy Contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay... It's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing.